You are Locked On Steelers, your daily Pittsburgh Steelers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Locked On Steelers podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter, bringing you your daily dose of all things on the Pittsburgh Steelers. It's Thursday, February 18th. And today, we've got a Crossover Thursday episode coming your way. Now, I know Kevin Colbert did speak on Wednesday. We're going to get to that on Friday with Jenna Harner with full reacts to his comments, analysis, and all that. But we had an opportunity to sit down with the host of Locked On Saints, Ross Jackson. There's a, the two teams are in very similar situations, aging quarterbacks, heavy salary cap implications, talented teams around them, and longtime NFL coaches that have won Super Bowls. I thought it'd be valuable to sit down, share, compare, and contrast their situations and where both franchises should go moving forward today. As always, subscribe to the Locked On Steelers podcast on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, Radio.com, and Google Podcasts. We are our Anywhere Podcasts are hosted, and if you want to help us out, leave us a five-star review with a positive comment to get a shout-out at the end of the show. Let's get into it. This is Chris Carter of Locked On Steelers. I'm here with Ross Jackson of Locked On Saints. We're doing our own crossover Thursday. We know normally, Ross, we're doing this in the middle of the season. It's about who two teams are facing ooh, each other ooh, and we're gonna matchups. battle it. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but this is more I I, I wanted us to do this because this would be a great comparison to see where these two franchises were more than yeah. just the fact that they wear black and gold. Uh, yes. <laughs> they, they are in so many similar situations as far as having an older quarterback, having mm-hmm. a longtime coach, having a, a cap strapped roster with a lot of talent right. on it. I wanted to sit down and talk with you about where both of these teams are and where kind of people see, because, you know, I, I talk with a lot of local people, but I don't talk mm-hmm. with, with guys that cover other franchises about what the Steelers are going through and vice versa in right. comparing and contrasting what they're doing. Yeah. So what you're saying is that instead of us talking about competing with one another today, we're focused on commiserating with one another. Yeah, basically. <laughs> yes. Yes. It's like, listen, neither of our teams won the Super Bowl, so they didn't even make it there. So this is kind of where we're at. But one one obvious parallel between both these mm-hmm. two teams is aging quarterbacks who played through the 2010s decade and lit it up. You know, right. Drew Brees. First ballot Hall of Famer, Ben Roethlisberger, mm-hmm. maybe not first ballot, but definitely a Hall of Famer. Right. Um, and and I, I look at these two guys and the talent that they brought over the years, but obviously both are at the towards the end of their careers. Mm-hmm. You know, now it looks like Ben Roethlisberger is coming back at least for now. We that's the that's the talk every day in Pittsburgh is what's going to happen there with his contract. Sure. He, he said he'll take less money, but we'll see. Mm-hmm. Um, but him and Drew have carried their offense for a long time. They've been the, the, the guy that, that you built around. And now both teams, I, I feel like, are in a situation where there's no real secession plan in place. Mm-hmm. I yeah, think, absolutely. Yeah, go ahead. That's, that's what yeah, I was saying. Yeah, yeah. That's the big thing for the Saints, right? Is that they have they have kind of uh, a an heir apparent in line, but they still have to go out and sign him, right? right. Like he's not he's a free agent, and that's that's mm-hmm. Jameis Winston for the New mm-hmm. Orleans Saints. And and Taysom Hill got four games. He got his opportunity to go out there and really kind of light the NFL up, and and he didn't do that. But is that what was necessary for the Saints to feel comfortable with him as a starting quarterback, considering all of their 
interest in bringing back Jameis Winston, doesn't seem like they're really into the idea of going to Taysom Hill without another option. And so that's kind of where, like, the Saints are kind of stuck in that limbo for sure about where do you go after Drew Brees. And it sounds like with the with the Pittsburgh Steelers, it's a similar situation after Big Ben. It really is. I mean, Mason Rudolph was drafted as sort of like, hey, if this guy works out, great. If he doesn't, you took a shot. You know, right. you know, you know, you, you took you took your third round pick on a quarterback to see what could happen. And, and I think Mason has shown that he can possibly be a good backup and occasionally fill in for you. But mm-hmm. very few in Pittsburgh feel like he's the guy. And in fact, Art Rooney in his sort of exit interviews that he does every year with the media, he said, if Ben Roethlisberger doesn't come back, we are adding to the quarterback room because we cannot mm-hmm. go with it as it is. So there's an obvious sign in Pittsburgh. He's not the guy. And they and they did sign Dwayne Haskins to a futures contract. So like right. he'll be he'll most likely make it to camp and they'll we'll see their arms duking it out in practices. But yeah, there's no there's no clear plan for Ben Roethlisberger. And, and like the talk is ever has been for the past, I'd say two to three years. Um, why don't they just draft his replacement now? And right for me, and again, this might be a different situation with the Saints. For me, like this wouldn't be the year because of how cap strapped you are, and because you have needs in other positions. Um, like the Steelers right now, everyone the, the the draft talk this year is offensive tackle, center, running back, maybe a linebacker, maybe a cornerback somewhere. But like addressing these key positions of needs and. Mm-hmm. If you get those guys, then next year the move is to get at least in my opinion. They, they, they got yeah. they got cap space. They they'll get comp picks because they're probably losing Bud Dupree and Juju and a few other guys. Mm-hmm. So like that's the year to make the move. But for the Saints, what's is the, is there a sense that like they have to make a move right now mm-hmm. to go get the automatic air, or is there a sense that like hey, let's get someone who can just hold the fort down at the quarterback position until we yeah. find that next guy. Yeah, I think that there's 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 kind of a split in between the two communities that want to do, you know, either one of those things, right? Like both of those truths exist in terms of opinion. There are some folks that feel like, hey, Mac Jones is the guy. Just grab Mac Jones at 28 or trade up and grab him <laughs> or, or try to get into the top 15, top 10 or whatever and like try to get that next guy. But for the Saints, their MO has always been to fill their needs, right? Fill holes in free agency and then go best player available in the draft. So it doesn't really work with the MO of you have to go grab a quarter back in you know in the in the draft right that doesn't necessarily work that way in terms of going up and grabbing a guy or moving up for somebody things like that so they're not going to target by position they'll target instead by player based upon their board so for the saints what seems more likely is that they'll go with that guy that they feel like hey we can use this guy either as a transitional quarterback for the next couple years a bridge quarterback if you will with Jameis winston or potentially he ends up becoming the future of the franchise and then it works out. So the Saints are really kind of rolling the dice with NFL talent as opposed to rolling the additional dice that come with a rookie quarterback translating his game from college to the NFL, which is not always as certain a bet as a guy that already knows your system that has been around for a year and has worked with the coaching staff and everything. And and, and I agree with you about like Pittsburgh shouldn't be in a hurry to go out there and spend draft capital on a quarterback unless the absolute opportunity is right, right? If the right person is there at the right value or, or something like that, then that's one thing. But Instead, continue to build the team around and irrelevant to the quarterback position so that you can build up a team that can more quickly support a young quarterback in the future than maybe the you know transitionary sort of stumble through of having a guy do essentially a dress rehearsal without without cohorts at all. And see, that's that's where I'm at, where I tell people that, that there's a lot of people that say trade up for Trey Lance, trade up for Zach Wilson, do, do all these crazy things. And I'm like, OK, you do that. 
and you bring him to an <laughs> offensive line right. that's struggling and yep. can't run block the way. I mean, I mean, I mean and, and granted, Marquise Pouncey just retired. So, like, mm-hmm. they, they got they got to get a center. If you're trading up, you're probably giving up a second or a third round pick there. And those are one of those guys that, that that's one of those positions where you get the center to move right. to move forward with. So now you're talking about, OK, wait, where do we go from here? Then you still got to probably get another offensive tackle to play for the offensive line. And you're probably, you still want a, a number one running back. You need to build around the quarterback. Cause if you just bring in a new guy and just say, Hey, have fun, go figure it out. You're going to put him in a rough situation. When Ben came in, they had, they, they had an offensive line. They right. had a defense that could, that could protect him and say, Hey, we're going to give you time to figure this game out and, and, and get us the W. And they had a run game with Jerome Bettis and Willie Parker who made it easier on him to cut, to come in. I don't think people realize across, across the country, some even sometimes what that you, when you have a young quarterback, you need to, kind of protect him and not just protect him but give him things to work with around him if you just put him in the middle of nowhere he's gonna he's gonna struggle he's gonna he's gonna get frustrated and that's not the way to build right yeah you want to try to shorten the game for right a a rookie quarterback so you want a run game you want a defense you want an offensive line offensive line becomes incredibly important in those situations as do all these other supporting roles that's something that they need to have in place before moving on. The Saints have done a good job building the team around Drew Brees, sort of creating something around him to where you know they can transition into a younger quarterback, maybe more soon than Pittsburgh might be able to. But the Saints also in a situation where, particularly on the defensive side, they're about to potentially lose a lot of different options. So that becomes a really big part of them in terms of continuing to build around uh, whoever that secession plan at quarterback is going to be in New Orleans. And it sounds like it's going to be pretty similar in Pittsburgh. Yeah, yeah. There's going to be a lot of questions now. The one thing I think the Steelers have done is by drafting Chase Claypool and, uh, and Alex Highsmith with mm-hmm. their first two picks last year, their two biggest names coming off the roster right now, it looks like it's Juju and Bud Dupree. Those are their replacements. So, right. like, they've tried to put contingency and plan- plans in place, but now they have to look and say, okay, where else do we need to address? Because Marquise Pouncey's gone. You're going to need to draft a center in probably round two or three because uh, I, I, don't, I don't see any centers as round one grades this year. Um, but you do that, you put yourself in a position and, you know, and and again, you can put together the parts to build your team. And I think that's where, that's where the Steelers have to look and say, Hey, we still got all these parts to put together that Ben Roethlisberger can ride, can ride in the, and maybe in the drive, make Mm -hmm. him maybe ride in the driver's seat, but you're not Mm -hmm. the person calling the shots and telling us where to go. Yep. That's the exact metaphor. I think we'll continue to use as we go through team building, because that's sort of the way that I look at it as well. Talking about grabbing all these parts, team building, and we'll talk a little bit more coaches as well here in just a moment with our Locked on Steelers, Locked on Saints crossover Thursday episode, Chris Carter, Ross Jackson here, getting you through your Thursday. And, you know, we're talking about parts. We're talking about building, building a team is one thing, but having to rebuild your car is a whole other thing, right? Because when we're talking about the team that's being rebuilt, that ain't my money. That, those ain't, that's not, that ain't my relationships, right? We just get to talk about it and cover it. But when we have to rebuild the car, that's my money. That is my relationship, potentially on the line, too, if I ain't got a good enough car to get me around. You know what I'm saying? So I always like to rely on my good friends over at rockauto.com. You put in the make, the model, the year of the car that you're looking for. Let them know what part. They're going to give you several options, all at a fraction of the price of what you might get elsewhere over at those brick-and-mortar stores. You know, uh, here recently I replaced not my windshield wipers, Chris, but the little rubber, just the uh, rubber part yeah. on which – Save me so much money to be able to do. I mean, not so much money. Save me like ten dollars. But you know what? That's that was still, dinner. That's money. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's money. <laughs> so that's the way that I look at it. So go and check them out. RockAuto.com. Don't forget to let them know that Locked On sent you by writing Locked On in the How'd You Hear About Us section. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car or truck will ever need. RockAuto.com. 
Back here on Crossover Thursday on the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm Chris Carter from Locked On Steelers. He's Ross Jackson of Locked On Saints. We, before we get into this next segment, I want to talk about something really cool that's happening on this Locked On Podcast Network, Ross. And it's on our channel, Locked On Presents. If you're not subscribed to it, go ahead and do it now. But it's a pro, it's a program or a project that we're working on called More Than the Game. Because February is Black History Month, and on the Locked On Podcast, Podcast Network, we're honoring the challenges and success of black men and women in sports with a new series called Locked On Presents More Than the Game. Right now, you can hear Candace Cooper of Locked On Tar Heels and Erica Ayala of Locked On Women's Basketball to discuss the opportunities and challenges that come with being a black woman in sports. Subscribe to Locked On Presents podcast feed on the radio.com app or wherever you get your podcasts. Now, Ross, when we go back to talking about both these teams, mm-hmm. both of them are in the uh, the department where the cap is a hurting. Yeah, cap is a hurting. The rent is too damn high. The cap is a hurting. <laughs> too damn high. Um, but but like you look at the at the league here, and uh, and it, regardless of the model that you use, both of them are at the bottom, uh, towards the bottom of the league. They're both in the last four now. The Steelers, mm-hmm. if you use the um, the over the cap model, they have around eighty or not eighty. I'm sorry. 22 million dollars they're over the cap right now if you spot rackets more like 14.2 and that's Mm -hmm. they have different projections on what the salary cap will be because we have no idea what what it will be um because of covid and tv contracts and such and Mm -hmm. the saints right now with the over the cap model they're 69 million over they'd probably be closer to 63 million over with the uh with the spot rack model Mm -hmm. but these are two teams that have to make tough decisions moving forward yeah um with the with the saints I look, I look at this, and I say, like, man, there's a lot of guys making money here, and and like some guys maybe aren't as super essential to what the team is doing right now, like maybe a Quan Alexander, but mm-hmm. you still got some tough decisions ahead here. Yeah, there are some tough ones. I will tell you this: the Saints are about five or six restructures, two extensions, and four cuts away from being under the salary cap. That's how quickly uh, they can get under it. Quickly, quote-unquote, right? That That's I quick work for the New Orleans Saints who restructure contracts all the time, and they always just push things down the road because tomorrow never comes in the NFL, right? right. And the only reason why it showed up for both of these teams uh, who have similar, similar uh, strategies in terms of how to, uh, let's say, maneuver the cap, not manipulate it, because they are working within the rules of the NFL. Mm-hmm. Uh, the only reason why it came to a reckoning this season is because of the pandemic and, and the salary cap dropping for the first time in the NFL. And so I think that that's, that's a big part of it. So, yeah, they have some tough decisions to make, and it, it hurts that, like, Quan Alexander – would usually just be a one half year rental that they you know maybe paid a fifth round pick for and then they would just move on from him uh, here and save thirteen point one million dollars. But he's on injured reserve, mm-hmm. so they can't move on from him until he passes a physical. Right, and unfortunately that was an Achilles injury, so that's mm-hmm. not happening anytime soon. So they're going to have an injury guarantee of probably about one point five, somewhere around two million dollars, let's say, for him. So. That makes it a little bit tougher, right? Because now you're already paying the guys. So do you just keep them around, or do you cut them for eleven million dollars, basically? So, and and can you do that before free agency when you have to be compliant with the cap? No, I don't think so. So it's going to take a lot of other decisions, uh, and some of them are going to be about restructuring and extending folks that benefit the Saints to extend make them sort of double down on guys by restructuring who are the guys that you're comfortable doing that with. That's how the Saints get under the salary cap this offseason is a lot of that kind of work as opposed to, you know, sort of uh, 
bleeding. Uh, I think Nick Underhill called it like bleeding out in the street, uh, <laughs> you know, as the other as the other route. The states can go about it however they choose to go about it, but I think they'll lean the more restructure route. Well, that's that's where I think that a lot of people don't realize how much money you can save on restructuring, right? Um, because like the Steelers, they do it all the time, and mm-hmm. they, you know, they, they've they, that's how they kind of got to this point where you know the past three years we've entered into the off season, the Steelers are over the cap, and everyone's in panic mode. What are we gonna do? How are you gonna? They're, they're gonna have to lose Ben. They're gonna have to give up on you know before it was Antonio Brown, Le'Veon Bell. You get to pay those guys, and then you're like, oh wait a second, right. they can just re-sign these guys, extend their contracts, get rid of certain guys you don't need anymore and they make it work and this year it started off where they were like i think they were like in the 40 million dollar range of over the Mm -hmm. cap and then simply marquis pouncey vance mcdonald retires bam now they're like they're in the range again based on what model you use and they're either around 20 million or 14 million dollars over the cap and ben roethlisberger has already said that he's willing to rework his contract by doing that alone they're probably going to be able to get themselves close to even. And then that's not even considering what they could do in, in extending maybe Stefan to it or restructuring right. him or Steven Nelson or David cash. Like there's other guys they can do that for. That's what I want people to understand is when you see these numbers, it's not impossible. Now there's going to be, there could be some hurt there. There's going to, there could be certain guys sure. that you can't be afford to pay as much to stick around, but it's, I think these are two organizations that know they have a core to build around Yes. And it's not going to be. It's like there's a lot of people are saying, "Tear this down, tear that down." Like, no, just because they're, they're these quarterbacks are at the end of their careers doesn't mean that you get rid of these really good players that you put around each other. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. You know, we started using the car metaphor even before we talked about Rock Auto, uh, <laughs> and and the big thing that I've always looked at is that you know the Saints and I think the Steelers are are in the midst of doing. It. I think the Saints are maybe just a little bit further down the down the process just because. There has been the temptation, or not the temptation, but the possibility of Drew Brees retiring in each of the last like seventeen off seasons. So like <laughs> right. the Saints, the Saints have really been working towards this for a while, but they have built a car that can drive the quarterback as opposed to relying on the quarterback to drive the car. Mm-hmm. And so I think that that's kind of where the Saints have really. That's why they've spent the money that they said. That's why they've extended guys like uh, Michael Thomas and Alvin Kamara and Demario Davis. You know, they extended Demario Davis. Like I think that news broke in the middle of the second game of the season last yeah. year. You know, they, they've really done a good job doing that and building that offensive line and building a defensive line that relies on rotation as opposed to star power, which is also a very smart thing. Uh, 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 I would say Pittsburgh has done that as well in terms of their ability to rotate defenders. And they have star power, but because those players turned into stars, not because they relied on them being stars. Right. And I think that's a very smart way to go, uh, particularly in, in areas like the secondary and things like that to where it's just as effective to have if you have four secondary positions, two corners, two safeties, for instance, it's just as effective to have four B players than one A player and three C players. You know what I mean? Right. It's it's just as fine to go about that and sometimes even preferable to go that route. So I think those are going to be the places where these two teams will continue to remain competitive even after the quarterback position because of how well they've built up the product elsewhere. And they have done a good job maneuvering through the salary cap and will continue to do so even with this drop. And and again, like you said, there's these young defenders that have become core players for both these teams. You know, for the Steelers, they've got Minka Fitzpatrick to step up and become an all pro safety. Uh, an all pro safety right. for the Saints. You got Marshawn Lattimore, who mm-hmm. 
I, with, with the current state of his contract, that's a guy who you could say, hey, Marshawn, you're a part of what we'd want to do for the future. We're extending you, but can you help us out with this cap hit, my brother? Right. Um, and, and and like right now, his cap hit is about $10.2 million, mm-hmm. an extension where you play around with that money. And again, the, the Steelers and the Saints – they're not in the same situation for 2022, but both of them have a nice amount of cap space that they can push some money over into the next year for the players that they know they want to keep uh, going into not next season, of course, but two seasons from now. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. and, and that's where you could talk to your, your, uh, your Marshawn Lattimore's, your DeMario Davis's, even like your Teron Armstead is like, Hey, you guys, we know that you want to be here and we want you to be here. Why not help us out and work with us to move this money around so we can keep other guys around you and we can still be good to go? Absolutely. Extending players before their fifth year option saves you money. It yep. saves you money because you can you can lean on a, a big signing bonus so that they still get paid a good amount of money up front. But then that spreads out over four years, five years, five years max. You can keep the base salary low so that it ends up only costing you like if it's a $20 million signing bonus over five years and then a $1 million base salary that first year in the first year. But then it can escalate to 10, 12 million dollars the second, third year. That person's getting paid. That player's getting paid $21 million the yeah. very first season. But it's only costing you $6 million or $5 million in that case. And so you're dropping that $10.2 million cap hit all of a sudden by $5.7 million or $4.7 million. That's the type of maneuverability or excuse me, $5.2 million. That's the type of maneuverability that you're going to see both of these teams do when they have those options available. And I'm sure very likely, much like Toronto Armstead's contracts, there are contracts for the Steelers that have zero dollar base salary cap numbers toward the end of their deal for two seasons one season things like that which are pre-built for you to restructure money into which saves you money this year because you can convert those base salaries into signing bonuses yeah and that was the thing that drove away Le'Veon bell because they said listen man it how we work here is we build it so that we're flexible at the end of your contract and then right. we'll take care of you but Le'Veon bell was like i, I don't want to believe in that even and, and it's crazy because Former Steelers, Heinz Ward, Le'Veon Bell, they they were like not Le'Veon, uh, Jerome Bettis. They were right. telling Le'Veon Bell, like, hey man, like this is just how they operate. You don't get the you don't get the dotted line where you see the guaranteed money, but they will find a way to keep to take care of you and keep you around um, if you're if you're still playing. And if you're not, they'll still they'll still respect you and, and do what they have to. Uh, but I mean that that's that's where that that's the smart way to go in today's NFL is to mm-hmm. front front load things where where you can so that you can make sure that they're paid but leave yourself that wiggle room cuz you never know where you're going to be in 3 years. I mean for, for example, the Steelers in 2017 had Ryan Shazier, Antonio Brown, Le'Veon Bell, and and uh, and and Ben Roethlisberger all as the main guys of of their team who were the biggest playmakers. By 2019, Ben was hurt, Shazier was 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 out of the league. Antonio Brown was imploding everywhere and Le'Veon Bell was on the Jets and their flexibility at, with, with all, with the way they did those contracts has made it. So they've never fallen off the cliff. You know, they went eight and eight and you know, right. with, with a fourth string quarterback last year, but they bounced right back to go 12 and four this year. That's the kind of smart moves that I think franchises that know what they're doing are keeping are doing to keep their their roster balanced and not necessarily make it a hey we're just banking it all in this year and if we don't we're just gonna have to feel the pain for the next five ten years 
Yeah, absolutely. And look, that's just part of that's part of the loyalty that the organization has shown before those moments. And both of these franchises very loyal uh, to the players that have been there, either short term, long term, or however, right? Like they've always been loyal, and that's one of those things that has really helped them with these type of contract situations under most circumstances, to where they say, "Hey." We're going to take care of you. Your contract's just going to look a little weird while we do it, but you're, we're going to get you taken care of. And so always the best bet in those situations. And so, look, coming up next, we're going to jump into a little bit more uh, talk about these two coaches in particular. We talked a little bit about how the front office takes care of them. Let's talk a bit about these coaches as well, both of them very trustworthy guys within their organization. We'll talk about what it's like to win without winning at all, but why it's still valuable here in just a moment. On our crossover Thursday episode, Chris Carter locked on Steelers, Ross Jackson locked on Saints, and talked a little bit about you know best bets and trusting and all these other things. Let me tell you, let me, let's put those together. The only place that we trust that for you to go and put money down and put your bets on the line is going to be betonline.ag, our exclusive online betting partner. It's the fastest and easiest way to get in on all of your sports action because football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, NHL, MLB right around the corner as well. Most of these things in full swing. And you know what? If you want a little bit of extra action too, there's awards, TV shows, and reality TV that BetOnline covers as well with real updated odds and props on almost everything that you can imagine and more. BetOnline.ag is the best way to place your bets and it's free to sign up at betonline.ag head over to their website or use your mobile device to sign up today and don't forget to use the promo code locked on to receive 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit that's a 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit you put a hundred dollars down you get an extra 50 to go on top of it you get up there you continue you could you know you can do that up to up to however much you want there's no limit on it so go and check it out betonline.ag betonline your online sportsbook experts here on crossover thursday on the locked on podcast network i'm chris carter from locked on steelers he's ross jackson of locked on saints and we're doing some comparing and contrasting of where these two teams are to every day on the locked on podcast network and get all around the nfl news and information and analysis and that's the locked on nfl podcast and on thursdays we have our friends ryan tracy of locked on chiefs and jake liskall of locked on Bengals, breaking down teams across the nfl from an analytics and team building perspective get the expert analysis on your favorite teams from ryan and jake every thursday subscribe to locked on nfl wherever you get your podcast and oh by the way i'm on the friday episode so check me out there as well with your boy q ross we, I wanted to talk to you especially about the coaching situation in Pittsburgh because well, – not in Pittsburgh, in Pittsburgh and New Orleans because sure. both of these guys have coached 14 seasons. And granted, Tom Payton had one more year and he was suspended for a year because that was uh, all, all the stuff that happened there. But Stupid. Right, right. <laughs> we, we, we talked about that off air and how, how <laughs> neither of us appreciated uh, how that was – but both of them are in very similar situations. In, mm-hmm. in 14 seasons – Mike Tomlin has 145 wins, 78 losses, and one tie. Uh, Sean Payton has 143 wins, 80, 81 losses. Um, there, uh, you look. They, they. Sean Payton has nine years in the playoffs, and Mike Tomlin has nine years in the playoffs. Um, they've. Uh, I think I think Sean Payton is nine and eight in the playoffs. Yep. Mike Tomlin is eight and eight in the playoffs. And oh, by the way, both of them have won a Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. And but now what one thing I don't I wanted to get a sense from you in Pittsburgh every year. It's been a thing 
Mike Tomlin should be fired. Mike Tomlin should be fired. Mike, take get rid of Mike Tomlin. He's the reason they're losing. He, he doesn't know what he's doing. Um, is that a thing in, in New Orleans? Because they literally won the Super Bowl after the Steelers won the Super Bowl back yeah. in you know back in the late 2000s. And they've been in the same boat as the Steelers ever since. Like, always competitive, just couldn't get over the hump. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it, it's interesting. And, and also, for reasons that I think we both know, and even Sean Payton has referenced in some of his podcast appearances and things like that, that are completely... Uh, unsurprisingly that Sean Payton has not faced that kind of scrutiny mm. uh, year in and year out. And some of that has to do with loyalty in terms of when he showed up in New Orleans. There's a sentimental value of him coming in in 2006 and, True. you know, you know, bringing this team back to the immediately to a winning season along with Drew Brees right after Hurricane Katrina and everything. So, so there is that like Sean Payton could essentially end up having a lifelong career in New Orleans if he wants it. And I don't think anybody would really, you know, shake a stick at it or bat an eye at it, especially if he continues, as he mentions it, to, to win, right? Like, you'll have that. But I, I think that the the biggest thing has always, the biggest offseason chatter about Sean Payton has always been about him and, um, y- you know, him ending up going to another franchise or something like that, right? Like being traded to another franchise or, or whatever, but never from within the community the way that you might hear it about Mike Tomlin in Pittsburgh. Right, it's... It's so interesting. I've I've heard on occasion some people have suggested, oh, you should trade him uh, and, and get like a John Gruden type of deal there. But mm-hmm. I just I I don't think people understand how hard it is to win a Super Bowl, even when you have everything lined up in every other sport. You in in Major League Baseball, in the yep. NBA, yep. and the NHL, you have seven game series to yep. prove you are the better team. If a guy is hurt, if you just woke up on the wrong side of the bed, it's okay. You got game two, three, four, five, six, seven to prove that exactly. you can do that better. In the NFL, you have one bad hour, not a day, right. just an hour where you mess right. up and it could cost you your entire season in the playoffs. And you look around the league, the only active coach with multiple Super Bowl wins is Bill Belichick. Bill Belichick, that's it. The best coach, you know, potentially one of the best coaches in NFL history uh, right. to an extent. And so and, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. Go ahead. No, no, but I, I'm just furthering the point. Like you look at and you look at all the other guys that, that, that are people compared to because in Pittsburgh, they're saying, well, why can't he be like Andy Reid? Well, Andy Reid's also only won Super Bowl. Why, why can't he be like right. – uh, uh, Mike McCarthy. Oh, wait, Mike McCarthy got cut. We can't do him no more. Uh, well, why can't he be like whoever's the new hottest commodity? At one point, it was Pete Carroll. Pete Carroll only won one Super Bowl. It's, it's, but I'm just, tr- I try to show the Steelers fans who want Tomlin gone and want to blame him for everything under the sun. I'm like, look, th- there are certain things coaches do to set up a foundation so that you can move forward and be the best at what and, and give your team the best chance to win. But yeah. It still comes down to the players making the plays on the field when those opportunities are drawn up. And just because it don't work doesn't mean, oh, man, you're a dumb coach and you deserve right. to be out of here because of that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, look, you look at uh, Mike Tomlin just set an NFL record, right, for 14 straight non yeah you know, winning seasons. Sorry, for, for 14 straight non-losing seasons. There you go. Uh, I know he had some eight and eight seasons and things like that. The mm-hmm. worst that the Saints have ever had to endure were three straight seven and nine seasons with horrific defenses. Mm-hmm. I mean, terrible. They should not have been seven and nine. They should have been a three and 13 team, but they had a prime Drew Brees at the time and you have a, an offensive-minded uh, genius for a head coach in Sean Payton. So when you look at both of these, those those two things alone, leave alone the Super Bowl, leave alone the the 17 and 16 playoff appearances, playoff games played, leave alone all of that to where, as you mentioned, in a series, 
the better team will come out on the other side. In the playoffs, as the way the NFL has it, the better day will always come out on the other side. So it's a very, or as you mentioned, the better hour will come out on the other side. And so if you look at other teams around the NFL, any of them would tr- probably trade what they have endured over the last 14 seasons in favor of seven and nine being the worst season or not a single uh, non loss, you know, not a single losing season right. over the course of 14 years. Anyone would trade for that. And and again, you look at some of the organizations that we we see pop up now. And like at one point when the Jaguars beat the Steelers in the playoffs, people were like, oh, here comes here they come. This is going to be mm-hmm. their run. They were gone in a year because right. <laughs> like, like, and, and, and I honestly think I look at some other teams around. I'm looking like eh, I'm not like like the, like the Browns. I'm like, I'm not so sure that that's a team that you're saying is going is, is to keep just doing that for a, for a long time, mm-hmm. um, you know organizational integrity i think there's something behind it when you find a coach that can get you to that point and not just a coach but the 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 system around the coach that believes in them and gives them the opportunity to you know because you're gonna have draft misses you can go back to any team like people oh yeah you're on the steelers because oh they drafted Artie burns it's like you know yeah but you know how many times i've had a guest from another lock a locked on podcast host from another team and they've said man i can't believe we passed on tj watt for the guy that we drafted like right that's a that's a that's a a a full circle argument that happens you can find complaints about every single franchise and heck patriots fans are doing it right now even after they just had tom brady and bill belichick bring six super bowls they're angry about this in the playoffs this year yeah yeah absolutely meanwhile you have a team with the uh pittsburgh steelers that has finished uh at least first or second in their division every year since 2013 which yeah. is insane because that's what every NFL team builds to be. Every NFL team builds to win their division. That's the point. You win the division, you get in the playoffs, right? So it's the same thing as saying if you if you build your team to win the division, you're building your team to get to the playoffs. That's exactly the same thing. The Saints four straight wins for the divisional uh, state, uh four straight divisional titles over the last four years, four straight playoff appearances. None of that is something to look at and say that it doesn't mean anything or that it doesn't matter because it has absolutely been uh, for these two teams several years of success in a row as they've continued to build. And I'll tell you this too: building or missing on only one draft prospect in a draft class is a lot harder to do than hit. Excuse me, is a lot easier to do than hitting on one prospect in a draft class and so if you're hitting on multiple guys and you have one example per draft class or a couple of examples per draft class of maybe misses none of that matters and hits or misses are really only relevant in maybe the first two rounds some would even argue the first round because everybody else after that is essentially developmental yeah everybody after that's developmental and so you have maybe 15 guys that are first round grades in every class all those guys taken toward the back end of the first half some of the first round or sometimes second round guys, second round grades, if you will. But unfortunately, slash fortunately, you're fans of a winning team that drafts towards the back end of the first round every year. So you look at all those guys to an extent as developmental. And then beyond that, if you're hitting on more than one of those per year or if you're making great moves with your pro personnel in terms of acquisition or free agent trading for a guy like Minka Fitzpatrick is such a hit for that team. Yep. Like those are all things that other franchises can't do. And, and on top of that, because there's some people who say, well, why don't you just tank? Why don't you just say, you know what, let's just trade off our pieces and go lose for a little while and rebuild with new players. And I'm like, and some for in Pittsburgh again. I think this some of this goes back to when you have an older quarterback that you think that oh you need to to tank so you can go get a top ten quarterback. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but tanking is one of the things that drives away players that says right. like, you know what? You didn't believe in me. You didn't believe right. in our, the chance that we had a chance to at least make the playoffs and see if we went on a run. Um, and I mean, you look, you look at, uh, you look at the, both of these organizations, look at the players who they've retained over the years. You mm-hmm. look at the Teron Armsteads, the Alvin Kamara's, the Michael Thomas's and on the Steelers, you look at players they've kept along for a long time. David DeCastro, Marquise Pouncey, mm-hmm. who retired a Steeler, even Ben Roethlisberger, guys that they can re-sign, you know, Joe Hayden coming to them from the Browns right. when he had free agency. It's because they look around and they say, who are the teams that I can go to? And I know that we will have a chance to compete this year and and see what happens but they don't want to go to the jets you know to you know to 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 stink for years and then have to tank and then be on a losing team that goes three and 13 they don't want to go to the jaguars when they're like that and and it's it's so hard when you get down there it is not an easy flip to just get right back out of it unless you hit a patrick mahomes or you get or you hit a josh like you you get the lottery in those situations and it's much better to bet on consistency than to bet on a lottery Absolutely right. Absolutely right. Good. Sorry. Bad coaches believe in just their quarterback. Good coaches believe in their teams. That's why good coaches don't tank. And that's something that you're not going to see in New Orleans or Pittsburgh as long as Sean Payton and Mike Tomlin are at the helm. Exactly, which is why I'm trying to tell y'all Steelers fans, calm the heck down <laughs> with, with, with y'all Mike Tomlin, get get out of here things. I, I just I, I I don't understand. And again, I talked to you, and it's so funny. We do these ultimate division crossovers, Ross. Mm-hmm. And I talked to Jake and James from Locked On Bengals. I talked to Kevin from Locked On Ravens. I talked to Jeff from Locked On Browns. And whenever I tell them that Mike Tomlin is like people are trying to put him on a hot seat, they're like what? What? Yeah. What? What are you doing? Like, wait, 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 like oh, and then it's like, actually, yeah, put him on the hot seat. Get him out of Pittsburgh because we're tired of him. And, and right. That that's just, I it's it's. I always want to put people in perspective of, hey, we hear this a lot from local radio stations and 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 a lot of the local guys that are, that are the loudest in in the city. And it's like, but understand that, like, when you put this in perspective of every other franchise where right. you are right now, and right now the Steelers and the Saints both very competitive. Both find ways to retool and reload whenever they need to move money around it and and find new guys that are going to be the pillars to hold them up, uh, you know, in the next coming seasons. And then mm-hmm. they and it's all headed by you got a great head coach who knows how to be competitive and get his guys to believe every single season. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Look, it, a lot of fans will say, "Look, I'll trade all the success, prolonged success for a Super Bowl," but that that feeling would immediately go away two years after that Super Bowl win. Once you go back to three and thirteen or two yep. and ten or whatever, like you are two and ten, three and thirteen or two and two and fourteen and all that. I, I think that it, it's one of those things where like you want the prolonged success. The prolonged success for fourteen years yeah. is an anomaly in the NFL, and the fact that they can that they are both young enough too that they can continue. Yeah. They can go another 14 years mm-hmm. if they want to. Like they can continue to do this for for a while. And and one of the things that is has and one of the elements just to close up that I think has been so important about both of these coaches is that neither of them have been set in their ways. They're willing to evolve and change exactly. with the game. They're willing to continue, and they always have a very clear understanding of what they're going into do this year and what player how players specifically fit into roles that allow them to do that. It's very player centric. And I think that is the way that coaches should be in the NFL right now because it allows them to evolve every year as they need to. I agree entirely because 
it's important to be set in your principles and say, like, I, I, we, we run the team this way, but to not be set in your ways that says we are just going to play this style of football. I mean, the Steelers went from being a, a defensive juggernaut in the late 2000s, early 2010s to investing in the offense and saying, hey, let's get Ben Roethlisberger a chance to see can he have the best offense in the league? Can, can, yeah. can he, and they get him all the weapons. It didn't work out. And so now they're saying, okay, now let's try this way. Now they're investing in the defense and they've got a, a defense that, you know, has been top five the last two years. So, you know, they, you know, things go in cycles and great coaches recognize that and they understand yep. that they got to have those moving pieces. So uh, that's that's why I wanted to do this, Ross, because you get the game, you get it and you cover a team that gets it. And I mm -hmm. cover a team that gets it. And I think it's important for fans to have that national perspective that there are certain franchises that have it together, are in a good place. And even though they ain't won one in a while. They're they, they're putting themselves in the in the position most years to have a chance to go win one because again the NFL is the greatest roll of the dice in the playoffs next mm -hmm. to March Madness in, in, in you know in college basketball <laughs> right. like like right. outside of outside of that and you know there's you know every everywhere else you get so many more chances to prove yourself um, and. and when you respect that, I think it's like, okay, well, you know what? I get why this might've happened. So, um, so Ross, this was a great conversation. Yeah, man. Um, I'm looking forward to doing more in the, in the future. Cause we got a lot more lined up. Um, please let Steelers fans know where they can find you, follow you and get more of your work. Yeah, absolutely. Y'all can follow me on Twitter at Ross Jackson Nola. You can check out Locked On Saints every single Monday through Friday, just like you do here with Locked On Sealers. And you can come through and check out uh, CanalStreetChronicles.com for the write-ups. And, you know, we're going to be using this over at Locked On Saints, too. So why don't you uh, let folk, let the Saints fans know where they can follow you, Chris? You guys can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Carter Critiques. If you follow me, I will follow you back. Thanks to those who do follow me. Um, I run the Locked On Steelers podcast Monday through Friday, also on the Fridays of Locked On NFL. Also, I write for DKPittsburghSports.com where I cover pit football, pit basketball, and I cover the Steelers there as well, um, doing all the things there. And uh, just a lot of different hats we wear nowadays, Ross. Yeah, you, know, you know how that life is. Um, but uh, and, and hey, Locked On Steelers fans, Locked On Saints fans, let's help each other out. Subscribe to each other's podcasts. And if you don't want to subscribe, I understand because you're like, man, my podcast feed is full as it is. Leave each of us a five-star review with a positive comment. Um, it's a great way to help promote us. Get the word out saying, hey, these 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 shows are doing a great job. They help me get through my day. A lot of you guys have said that. Help help Ross out. Saints fans, help me out. And it helps yep. us get the word out there. Steelers fans, you know if you do that, I get you a shout-out at the end of every show. So thanks so much to those who have done that. Thanks again to Ross. It's been a great crossover Thursday. We'll both be back in your ears in our own feeds on Friday, finishing up the week.